If you see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the love shack. Once again, it's time for I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, which features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons each who stare down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which, this week and every week, Noah, is a cable company which inexplicably somehow is in charge of your, your broadband internet, even in 2022. But more importantly, we keep you waiting all day for a hard-scheduled 9 a.m. appointment. Right. Totally. I Have I ever told you the story when I tried to get cable signed up when I moved in 2006? Uh, when I tried to get Wi-Fi signed up, and they said we, someone will show up between 9 and 6. And I waited all day. Oh, and it was a Saturday appointment because in those days I couldn't miss work. And so I waited two weeks for a Saturday appointment, 9 and 6. And he showed up. I was in the basement. So they couldn't get me on the phone because there was no signal in the basement. And he left immediately. And I called and complained. And they hung up on me. And I called and complained. And then I said, you know what? Cancel my fucking service. I'm going with one other option in New York City. And that's what I, <laughs> and that's what I got a call for. We, we want you back. How do we get you back? And I'm like, if the guy shows up in the next hour, I'll sign up again. So wait, like, was, that's it, it. was it, did, was Spectrum fucking you to make you go to Optimum or I, was the other way I around? don't even, I don't, it's always a problem with those guys. I, it was, no, in those days it was Verizon or Time Warner. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I don't even remember which one was which. I just was, I was so annoyed that like, I have to wait nine hours, but like you can't wait five minutes. Time Time Warner Time Warner was the worst, yeah. Although those were all contractors working for the lowest common uh, lo- lowest bid. I just I guess I don't understand how like doctors can make an appointment for a time, but a freaking cable guy can't. It always baffled me. But why are we doing this, folks? We want to get you in a good mood. We want to have fun. We're not going to be in a good mood today. You should, you should, not even you close. You should tell the nice people uh, who you are, in fact. I know. I never want to do that. I'm I'm shy. You know that. Yes, that's true. I'm a, I'm a horribly, painfully introverted. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, a, you're a incredibly grower. afraid of any a, kind of media a attention. A grower, not a shower. Yes. <sighs> you got to go there. Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I am founder and the senior quiz master of the big quiz thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. I am talking to you straight from uh, San Francisco, California. Bill, you are back in Amsterdam, huh? Mr. Mr. World Traveler here, yeah, I've had taking good, advantage of uh, living in the European continent, good hit, couple hitting of all weeks. the hot spots. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. really, um, I don't think it's interrupted uh, programming too much, other than I was in New York for a little while, which was nice, and then I, um, I was in Paris for a weekend, and I, yeah, I just got back from a couple of days in Dublin, uh, which we're working around here too. Yeah, I, I was uh, with my old friend James Hancock of the Wrong Real Podcast. We were invited to Dublin to do a uh, movie locations of Dublin and the surrounding regions. So I've actually never been to Ireland before. I've been all over the UK, but uh, never to Dublin. It was great. It was really nice. And, um, you know, if I have to tell you anything, first of all, two things I learned. People love Dublin because it is crammed with humans who have come back. We also had gorgeous weather. And the, t- the other thing is that no one wants to wear masks anymore. Not on the airport, not on yeah. the streets, not on the train, yeah. not on the planes, no, but not anywhere. nowhere. Nowhere. Nowhere, not even in the U.S. <laughs> no, I no, saw sure. a really depressing tweet yesterday that said there was the first like in-person conference of like COVID experts somewhere last weekend, and it was a hundred percent mask usage. So they're like, "Hmm, if the experts are all still wearing masks, yeah, look, I still wear a plane. What does that tell us? I do what I can. You know, I, it's like I, I don't fuck around with I, this shit. Well, I wear it on public transport partly because that's the law, still. And two, I uh, I wear it in the grocery store, or basically if I'm indoor in a store, 
But other than that, I really don't, man. And call me foolish, but, you know, I don't have little kids at home. I'm vaccinated and boosted, and I had COVID. So, like... Off microphone, I'll call, I'll call you foolish. But, um, call you know what? Foolish. I'm going to pivot to the point of this podcast. Please, that, that, please that do. Please we're do. dancing around. What we like to do each week, we get so much joy out of, like, putting our hands out into the ether and pulling a topic that's sort of, uh, you know, immaterial. We love silver, it. We love it. Firming yeah. it up. Coming up with some takes, some opinions on it, and uh, trying to give you, the listener, maybe a little insight into something you might not have known about beforehand. Uh, topics large, topics small. I believe this is this would really focus more topic small this week. Uh, maybe something you hadn't heard of because I hadn't heard about it. It's more obscure than most of our topics, but you know, you get an article in the New York Times, man. You're, uh, yeah, I think you're you're worth something. It's either, at least in it's regime, in terms of public attention. Right? Regime change or lobster bisque. Those are the two uh, things that the New York Times like to focus on, as we know. Um, yeah. So this week we are discussing something called Love Shack Fancy. No that, spaces. That's not helpful. That's not no. helpful. All right. This is a is a portmanteau of three words. Love Shack Fancy. Uh, that is a, uh, you know, I don't know, neologism coined by uh, this woman named Rebecca Hassel Cohen. It's a clothing label. Uh, she's a New Yorker, former editor of Cosmo magazine, um, who worked for a bunch of years. I guess she's roughly our age, I think. She's in her, her mid- She knows. No, you should know this, dude. She I did. just had her 40th birthday party. Oh, right, right, right. That's the 40th part I was Yeah, sort of big, big deal, man. This is part of the story. Yeah, she the- just had a 40th birthday party that would have put Caligula to shame. The, the so fire breathers, is, the, 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 the ring yes. twirlers, the people pouring yeah, champagne from the ceiling. He, he's not exaggerating, people. No, it's in true. The, at the plaza in New York. It she was had a 40 birthday party. A real, so end, real end of days thing. Anyway, so, so um, she... Presumably uh, she was born in early, 20, in early 1980. Yeah, presumably. Um, so she had worked in the edit business for a while. I don't know. Can't tell you exactly what to do at Cosmo other than make a magazine, but apparently it's not. She was a fast, she was a fashion editor there. Right. And I have opinion having as someone who worked in the magazine business for many years, I have opinions on that, which I will get to. Oh soon. yeah, sure. And I got okay. I worked in I worked in print, but newspaper was yes, not not nearly as fun or as uh, there weren't many varieties well, that are in glosses. I, Bill, the difference is I worked I did not work at Cosmo, but I worked at magazines that had fashion editors. I do not think the racing forum that you worked for yes. had a fashion editor. Or am I wrong? Neither did the Triangle Business Journal that I also worked okay. for. That's correct. Yeah. The racing forum didn't have like the, the hot new saddles this year being worn by <laughs> from Air, from Air the, May? No. The that, thoroughbreds. Yeah, okay. No, so in, in 23, uh, Hassel, Hessel, sorry, Hessel Cohen was inspired by the bridesmaid's dresses that she designed for her own wedding and used that as a template to create this brand called Love Shack Fancy, whose aesthetic could be compared to cottagecore, a former topic of the show. If you go back a couple of months, we talked about cottagecore. Uh, the difference here is that whereas um, that was a trend, um, you know, that was kind of confabulated by... I mean, there's wasn't necessarily a brand. You'd go out and you'd, you'd create that based on your your design aesthetic from various pieces of clothing and whatnot. And this is a uh, uh, this is a clothing line. Um, you know, it was it has its, and it's inspired a fierce crop of devotees who've almost become very culty about it. They trip around the nation to shop at each retail location, which yes, I yes, don't... they've set up like twenty retail locations yeah. in the last Re- two years. Yeah, just it's re- not just yeah. a line; it's it's a it's a chain of stores. It's fun. I mean, yeah, and Very that's the, you know, there's a, there's a there's a lot there. You know, I mean, if you're talking about brick and mortar. I mean, that's 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 strange. Uh, they're exploding in the middle of uh, uh, COVID. On top of that, yeah, I, I don't know if there are too many other brands, with the exception of. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, even Supreme, I don't think, really uh, gets this idea that people are going to come and visit each shop. I think, you know, you wait out of a Supreme for a long time, but I don't know if you, you, you road trip around to find every Supreme store, but I don't know. I, I could be wrong about this. Um, you know, again, the, the brick and mortar idea of retail is facing existential threats from online, online retail and, uh, you know, this whole world of Chinese designed and distributed knockoff culture, you know, which the people, the Chinese are kicking everybody's ass because when you go on Amazon, you can find whatever you're looking for a much cheaper version that is mass produced. Um, you know, so that the stomach or the appetite for conspicuous consumption maybe isn't what it once was. It's hard to tell. Anyway, so the idea of this line, it's a lot of pink, it's a lot of frill, a lot of tool, um, you know, it's a lot of like that lacy kind of doily thing, uh, yeah. pe peasant chic. Um, however, yeah, however, dress, dress and doilies, yeah. dress and doilies. However, whereas it, you know, what is not necessarily country chic is that these dresses can cost anywhere from four hundred to six hundred dollars. More, more. more. I, more. I was yeah. seeing dresses, dresses that were like six fifty or so. Yeah. Uh, so you'd have to consider this a high, a high end ticket. Uh, this is not. Uh, Whatever, not, not not necessarily fast fashion, as it were. Uh, it is a different kind of a deep pocketed spender, especially if they're going to go around from from store to store in the country, looking for something to buy in Nashville, looking for something to buy in D.C., so on and so forth. So yeah, I, I picked this out of the air because I saw that New York Times story and I said, well, this is usually where the idea germinates for in a future episode. I don't get it. Fed it to Noah. Uh, read his dyspeptic t tweets late at night. His, his texts. <laughs> no, um, not I haven't tweeted about it. My okay. texts. Texts. Yes. So, I, so yes. where where do you uh, what do you think about it? What's your first blow? Well, look, we're talking about fashion, which we haven't talked about. We talked about a handful of times on this show, but not a lot. I I don't understand the fashion world. I think it's overblown. I mean, at least this stuff is being made. As far as I could tell, like from recycled goods and in America, like my biggest, you know, my biggest bone to pick with fashion is how some designer will get credit for designed a T-shirt. Like, no, you didn't design a T-shirt. Also, it was sewn by like, you know, eight year olds in a sweatshop in Cambodia. So go fuck yourself. Right. Uh, but let's put that aside. I, I think I don't care about fashion. Um, you know, you talked about the aesthetic here. It's very pink. It's very frilly. It's very self-described as girly. And I don't know if you know this about me, Bill. Pink is my least favorite color. Did you really? Know no, I did not yeah, know that. I hate, hate the color pink. Hate it. I'm not sure why. It might be some kind of residual, like, you know, childhood. I was, I was, you know, I was a weak man, weak boy man. See, that's the thing. And I was always very defensive of my masculinity. So maybe I was like a knee jerk. Like, no, I don't like girl stuff. The one exception, the one time I embrace pink is when I play Trivial Pursuit. I insist on being the pink little pink tray, the pink mm -hmm. piece. I don't know why. A little bit but of aversion, reason, aversion therapy or something like that. Exactly. I don't know. It's just pushing against whatever. So that's the one time I like pink. Uh, these clothes, I, I am the worst judge of women's fashion. But these clothes look really juvenile and kind of ridiculous to me. Uh, it's like these women, and, and again, women stepped out of a package for a strawberry shortcake doll. And this New York Times article, they quote these two women. I don't understand this because these are adults. Like one's in her late 40s and one's in her early 50s. They're practically so middle-aged like, middle people, yeah. Right. Presumably these women have, you know, jobs and quite possibly families. And like they're traveling the country to go to stores where they wear dresses that make them look like they're seven. And one of them even is quoted as saying, we're very girly. 
So this whole aesthetic sounds kind of infantilizing to me. Uh, a lot of these things in this time, this Times article, <laughs> I've been down in the Times a lot lately, folks, because, you know, page one, parents are concerned about critical race theory. Page 15, Trump tried to overthrow the country, you know, like, fuck you, New York Times. Um, but I thought this article really kind of pulled the Band-Aid away on something here, in which I thought was, you know, if only they did this kind of diligence on, on politics, we our country would be better off. They talk about how it's an aesthetic from prep school towns and it's the ultimate girls club. I mean, this stuff just sounds very juvenile and not helpful. Not helpful, folks. Um, you know, you got to give props to Hessel Cohen here. She's she's built a bit of a business. I'll know more about that in a minute. Uh, she partnered with the American Girls brand. You know, they make the dolls and the it's fashion creepy for kids. dolls and shit. That's another cult, right. by the way. Well, probably, yeah. So they have... You go to their website, they have a line for like kid, for girls. And it's the Mommy and Me collection. And it's clothes you wear with mommy. And you're, um, there are a few quotes from her or someone on our team in this Times article that really freaked me out. One was they were describing the girls' clothes as girlish without being promiscuous. <laughs> oh, man. Right? That's, now, that's does that imply one. that we expect girlish to be promiscuous? Like, I don't. I mean, I know some people do, but most of those people probably need to check in with a therapist. And then something else. Oh, oh, but it's not. It's girl shopping promiscuous. It's dad approved. Dad approved. Not mom approved. Dad. It's like, you know, the old kicks ad, kid tested, mother approved. Yeah. So I guess this is how parenting breaks down, folks. Who, who are mom those? cares about. Who are those guys? The, the, like the dad would get you the ring. Was that called a promise keeper or something like that? Oh, just, God. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross ass shit but, in there. But, right. So mom cares about breakfast. Mom cares about nutrition. Dad cares about the kid being raped. That's how this breaks down, folks. Fucking disgusting. Just disgusting. Um, I, You know, I have mixed thoughts about Hessel Cohen herself. She worked at Cosmo as a fashion editor. So my history of working at magazines... The fat, you know, I, I kind of was hands off with the fashion stuff. I was, I tried to copy edit that stuff as little as possible because I didn't understand it. But I ended up doing a lot, and I saw a lot of fashion editors, and they pretty much broke 50 50 into two types. There were smart, competent, intelligent, hardworking women who liked fashion, who I really respected. And there were the women who just wanted to be fabulous and really didn't do their jobs very well. And those women, you know, I cycled through a lot of those fashion editors because there were a lot of the, like I say, 50% of those women. They didn't want to do the work. They just wanted to be fabulous. And I didn't have a lot of respect for that. And that people. was before influencer culture, by the way. Yeah, before. And look, you can call that sour grapes if you want. That's fair. Because, you know, most of that time I was single and desperate. There's a great quote in that Times article. Hessel Cohen pulls inspiration from her younger years when designing the line's flirty feminine pieces. And here's a quote from her, which just cracks me up. I grew up in the 80s, so a lot of it is that feel-good 80s sensibility that I love. You remember that, Bill? Feel-good 80s sensibility? Yeah, maybe I wasn't I there feel, for that. Right. I feel great because everyone's dying of AIDS and we might be nuked tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, she just she strikes me as this kind of New York cliche. Like, she married this guy who's a real estate guy. They clearly have family money. They have a house in Southampton. This is going to be very mean-spirited. I'm sorry, but her daughters are named Scarlett and Stella. She just sounds very contrived to me. Um, I'm really going off here. I didn't. I didn't realize I. I didn't like this as much as I as I don't. But um, the cliche nature and contrived nature of this 
and I've had this thought about fashion for a while, strikes me a lot of my the rancor I feel toward sports fandom. It's a female version of sports fandom. Uh, you know, part of my problem with sports fandom in this country is that I think it makes millions and millions of people cliches. And you see all those guys who all look the same and they all dress the same and they all wear hats and jerseys and they have no interests other than pro sports and they all have that same body and that same facial hair. And I just think it's just, it downgrades our culture in a way that I find neither helpful and also kind of depressing. Do you want another but I'll say this. between those two things? Is that uh, yeah. you know, this thing is making girls look like little girls. Women look like little girls. Yeah, yeah. Sp- sporting yeah. good stuff is the idea of ball caps and jerseys. It is also designed to arrest the male at a certain adolescence It's arrested well. development. Right, right, right. It's regressive, right. And I'll get more to that in a minute. Uh, but I'll say this. I, 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 my dislike of sports is greater than my dislike of fashion because – I actually think, fa- I mean, yeah, there's the sweatshops and all that, but I think when you add it all up, I think fashion is less toxic. Yes, and demands absolutely. Less of, de- demands less of my tax money, less of my attention. Uh, also, give credit from, you know, I went through Love Shack Fancy's website. Like I said, recycled goods, non-sweatshop labor. I mean, maybe they're paying lip service, but they talk a lot about, a lot about you know, being environmentally sustainable and their carbon footprint. It might be bullshit. And I will say this, Bill. I looked up Rebecca Hessel Cohen on the website where you could look up people's political donations. And in 2016, she gave $4,600 to Hillary for president. So I, that, that's, she, 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 she's a New York Jew. I, that I would assume. You know? And she, I mean, she probably could have afforded more than that, but she didn't vote for Trump. But look, it all comes down to this. Who am I to say I'm not a woman? I engage in many things that are not, quote unquote, helpful. If this makes people happy, fine. I'm inclined to think Rebecca Hesselcombe, when all said and done, is a hard worker. She's got a lot of privilege, but I'm sure a lot of people abuse their – I know a lot of people abuse their privilege probably more than she does. So as much as I just spent the last 45 minutes trashing this thing, I ultimately don't care. Uh, you know, the uh, whole, like, Palm Beach meets uh, Alabama sorority uh, vibe from this is, is strange. <laughs> yeah, and they mentioned this is really big among those those Bama Rush sororities. Bama Rush, whatever that shit is, yeah. Oh, it's, God, it's, those know, girls. Oh, jeez. There's some things about commercial fashion, for, you know, for both for both the— you know what I'm going to say for the lack of a better term, don't 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 slay me for this, but whatever you say, menswear and womenswear, even though those are very limiting terms because people go back and forth across the two of those things. I think the commercial sense of what what is being sold, you know, has flattened out a little bit. And either you do have like ridiculously high end things that are sold to people simply because people buy them because they want a Gucci label, they want a Coach label. Um, you know, in fact, one the article in the New York Times said that both of these women would go like it's. It is no strange sight to see a, a Louis Vuitton uh, purse ba- dangling from the hips of these women as they go to the store. Like, it is a type who's buying this stuff. It's somebody who is uh, virtue signaling, or at least, you know, it's tribal armor, if you want to think about it. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the influences of Palm Beach chic, like that, uh, was it, Lily Pulitzer, um, that that really connotes a certain type of American wasp gentry thing. Which was I, it, she was she the one who had sex while blowing trumpets? I don't remember. No, I remember wasn't, some, I wasn't there some, for that. Some Pulitzer heiress was all over the tabloids when we were kids because it came out that she had a fetish for trumpets. I don't know, but that's funny. And I like she heard would blow that. a trumpet while getting fucked, something like that. There's but, a story, folks. Google that. Um, you know, and, and it's like I uh, I'm split between the idea that. 
um, the, the the aesthetic of the brand. I look, I, I love pink. It has nothing to do with pink. Like I have a lot of pink shirts. I love yeah, pink accents. Do. I'm I'm because I'm de- because because you're a homosexual. We I meant I meant to I meant to signaling this as as a, as a thing, but um, I may I may not like the style of what she's doing. And it's like I agree. There's there's some nice parts about like you know the the ethos of the company is great. Her birthday party is a little creepy. Oh. That is a, that, oh my god. A, that is a little bit of a of a you know oh. Sultan of Brunei type. Oh of my god! Ridiculous a, American oh. American royalty type shit. You know where you're. Just you know doing... what I found crazy? These articles I read about were all listing all the famous names who were there, and I didn't recognize one of those names. Well, you're not going to. That's just not the way it's going to work. That's all the fashion. But it, blue not just fashion, but it's also the kids of hedge funders who are socialites yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. You know that, that... not blue blood because half of them are Jewish, but socialites. Yes, yeah. but but. That, but you don't need to be blue blood anymore. The power structure is no, the same. Not doesn't, at matter, all. doesn't matter not what at all. race or, or faith it is. It's just a matter of it's a it's a cult of um, money, plutocracy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing, you look at the photos, and it was pretty multiracial at those parties. So you definitely see what the new upper crust is. Yeah, New York oh, society. And, and you know, if it needed to be stated, by the way, these um, this, this is that the size range doesn't exactly go too large. If if that needed to be expressed, I read that they're expand that they're not bad about. They're ex- maybe I, I maybe don't know. I, I think that wasn't the wrong. initial focus. They they did not take into account bigger girls, um, which you don't. You know that's what you expect. You know if you go into Gucci, you're not going to find clothes for bigger girls. That's just that is just one it's, of the. It's so insulting. It is it's, so. It's very weird. insulting. It's, it is so. I mean, what do I know? Because I'm not a woman and I'm not large, but like this idea that like. Nice stuff. You got to be skinny to get nice stuff. Just yeah. is so toxic. Well, uh, you know, I was gonna say when I go to a nice menswear shop like Paul Smith or Etro, uh, it is very difficult to find shirts in my size. And the thing is, it's not nearly as toxic what I have to go through as what a woman would. Are you serious? Because you're not even as big as the average American. No, guy. but menswear they they want little thin men with with yeah. with, with narrow shoulders. That's what they want. Jeez. You know, yeah. Anyway, that's not the Jeez. point. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of pull the rug out because, on the other hand. Um, I I love to express myself through clothing. I think that the uh, getting dressed uh, is art. It can be art. I think it does. Well, whether you intend it or not, it always expresses something about you. It's a message. It's an impression you put out into the world. Uh, you know, Noah has made countless remarks over the years about my my fineries and whatnot. My my love of jackets, blazers with with uh, pocket squares and things like pocket that. squares. You are Mister Pocket Square. Um, yeah, I like. I'm a huge fan of fine filigree in clothing. There's small details that one could do, and um, I I there's very few things that I think I express myself with art. I don't paint. I don't make music. I don't do things like that. Don't sculpt. Uh, however, I can get dressed in the morning and put together patterns and put together textures and fabrics and whatnot and say a different message with just the way I come. Especially for guys who look like me. I look like a gigantic middle-aged man who plays golf and likes World War II movies. Uh, you know, I have, I have, I have, I have, the, I have, you know, male pattern baldness. Uh, I have a spare tire, uh, no chin. I look like your invisible uncle, except the thing is, it's like I, I like to wear dynamite clothes. I like to give us that's the one thing where I could actually stand out. Otherwise, I'm invisible in society. I, I, people stopped paying attention to me six years ago. So, you know, I uh, it, I enjoy that. You know, there's there's um, a lot of delicacy here uh, among some of the pieces. And, you know, and then one would presume uh, among the wearers slash buyers as well. They're going here because it says something. It gives them a chance to express themselves. You know, again, this is away from... 
the you know what they're selling to me i guess wasn't nearly as important as the idea that it, it's a it's a newer ritual or very 20th century ritual post coco chanel where people started thinking of clothing as a way to express yourself and it's it's amazing to think that clothing i mean obviously we can go back to victorian era regency those things the powdered wigs and the breeches and that shit said something about you too but the idea of of, of your middle class idea of expressing yourself in a mixed society um, without the idea of, of, you know, white facial paint with red cheeks and snuff boxes and stuff like that. It, it, <laughs> it really is not that old. It's post-war, you know, where you have of, of, um, Coco Chanel kind of like invents the, the little black dress and stuff like that. Um, it's a new concept. And that's, that's fascinating. And, you know, we're, we're still wrapping our heads around it to some degree because there's, there's all this old Calvinist Protestant backlash about showiness. Which is always one of those things that has sort of doomed the fashion in, in, into being a niche, or everyone just thinking that they're all just you know pinheaded wastrels, and people who are in fashion who think this is art, why not take the chance? To, like the bigger the better, the weirder the stranger. Did that stop Giacometti from sculpting? No. I mean, did that make Andy Warhol not do silk screens? No, absolutely. The weirder the bigger, the more thumbprint of the creator, the better. For brunch, and we had some mimosas. I had. Um chicken and waffles and it was so good and now we are just hanging out in the jeep we're about to go some uh, we're about to go explore and go to love shack fancy later so bill why why is the times writing about this why are middle-aged women presumably with responsibilities in life traveling the country going after this stuff why do people care why did you know 50-year-old women want to dress like freaking rainbow bright what's what's the reason behind this? i think this is pretty simple to me and you know this is we've um this is like the, the supreme quandary you know whereas supreme costs as much as this but supreme makes you look like a fucking skateboarder from mendocino you know and you wind up paying thousands of dollars for a baseball cap a hoodie and a pair of um you know a pair of sweatpants and you get you get the same deal, just a bunch of uh, you know non-structured cotton clothes that have a brand associated with them. And this is this is you know textiles, uh, linens and cottons and whatnot for the same price. You know th this is luxury fashion. It's high-end consumer goods, uh, where you're you're likely again to show up at the store wearing uh, something from Coach, something from Vuitton, something from Hermes, already on your person, on your shoulder, uh, something like that. You're looking for more items, I think, to either indicate your existing class or to be aspirational about your class you know um on 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 some simpler level you know it goes without saying that these garments are maybe you could say the precise picture of what you'd say feminine beauty it, that that is a very weird statement because there there is no precise picture but in some ways that is what this is trying to tell you here's what girly like you said yourself they're saying this is what girly looks like and it's like god damn that's a bigger question anybody can answer right now but they're they're saying well, no no this is girly you know at one point we did call it girly but girly means a lot of different things now and you know granted it's, i'm not getting i'm not i'm not trying to pull my hair out whatever i have left this is just a clothing line. It shouldn't have to answer those questions. But, you know, um, this, this, this makes these 45, 50-year-old women uh, think that, oh, look at this, I fit into this dress that's made for an Alabama Rush girl, right? And it's like, <laughs> and it costs a lot. So you know what? Just by the act of wearing this, another woman knows I have the kind of, uh, yeah. the kind of scratch it takes yeah. to buy a dress like this. And so you, you yeah. manage to check off a lot of boxes at one time. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Supreme, which is the obvious, you know, comparison point on stuff we talked about. And here's another quote from that Times article uh, talking about how it's blown up 
Love Shack Fancy has blown up in the last two years. I believe they had no brick and mortar locations till some point in the pandemic. Quote, what happened was a strategic shift driven by a few factors, among them a realization by Love Shack Fancy's owners that customers behaved like fans. They would drive for hours and wait in line to shop at Love Shack Fancy's small antiques-filled stores, dressing up for openings and events. So, you know. That sounds like uh, a tailgate this, at Giant Stadium, man. Uh, pretty much. And the sports comparison, you know, once again. Uh, I mean, this is very similar to Supreme, but yeah, you bring up the point. This is more interesting than Supreme, at least. I mean, Supreme was just slapping a logo on a t-shirt that someone else designed and, and a, you know, and a kid in Vietnam sewed. And slapping uh, a logo that again. somebody else designed, too. It wasn't even right. their, yeah. wasn't God, even their thing. Sucked. Yeah. So, so, okay, fine. I guess I'm cottoning to your point of it's art. And fine, I see how fashion is art. I just, I don't know. There's something I find insulting about that because everyone needs clothes. That's a, you know what you're right. Well, commoditizing housing, food, yeah, clothing. I mean those, people those things, do that about food as well. But, no, but you're right. You're, you're talking about weaponizing Maslow's hierarchy. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a very that's a weird thing when yeah. you start talking about that. Well, we're we're going down a different road here. Yeah. I mean, I as much as I don't like foodie culture too, I I never deny that good chefs are very talented. I do deny that a lot of fashion designers are talented. I think it's a lot of the same idea, just dressed up with with something very basic. I'm not a fan of that. But I'm not very informed on it, so I could be wrong. Um, I want to say, again, I really like this Times article. I love the thrust of it. The, the title was A Pink Parade at the End of the World. So they're talking about like, oh, we're living in this pretty depressing time, doom and gloom. So how is this, you know, in-your-face, optimistic, sunshine and lollipops kind of aesthetic? How is this being popular right now? And I think, you know... It's a question that answers itself. It's regressing because we take comfort in that, right? I mean, we all feel that. I've trust me, I've been listening to a lot fewer news podcasts and a lot more, you know, vintage comic books and pro wrestling podcasts because that's comfort food for me, right? The world is stressful enough. I read the news and I don't want to spend more and more time, you know, delving into what I find some very harrowing information. Um, so yeah, regressing is comforting and people need that comfort. And who am I to judge? And also it's popular because it's popular. You know, the cliche thing makes it popular. Makes it popular. I mean, that's kind of comforting too. Um, I will say, talking about that party that Hessel Cohen had, and they kept saying how the party was in the middle of Fashion Week. So it served both as Hessel Cohen's 40th birthday party and as Love Shack Fancy's Fashion Week party. And she described the aesthetic as the party as a Versailles, but a little gone bad which just does not sound very original to me. I mean, if anyone has any fascination with, you know, pre-revolution France, it's probably yeah. imagining well, let's, let's people... Not go, let's not go elevating Louis the Sun King right, right. now. Not or Louis also just yet. it's gone bad. Like, that was the whole point, the decadence, and probably dreaming of people fucking behind the scenes. So, like, it's cliche, you know, it's popular because it's popular. It's popular because it's what people know and what they want. And it's not challenging people. I mean, I guess we're going in two directions if we say that the fashion is art and crazy, but it's maybe art and crazy in a way that doesn't challenge people, that comforts them, that regresses back to when you were a girl and life was easier. Um, and for all those lines about it's girlish but not promiscuous, I don't think they're shoving sex in your face. I think it's pretty chaste, but... Who knows? I'm terrible at reading that crap. So, Love Shack Fancy, one of my favorite dress companies, invited a few of my friends and I to 
the Hamptons with them. Noah, would you have liked women's clothing uh, as a kid? <laughs> no, I would have paid zero attention. Next question. What about you? No, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, obviously, uh, just because we are who you think we are, who you think we are. This is this is obviously an NA. Uh, you know, I mean, if it needs to be specified even more, this is a quote unquote women's product line. Uh, and I would say, um, when I, the fine filigree that I described earlier on, I didn't even adopt that until like the last 10 or 15 years. So, uh, maybe other people who aren't into women's clothes might pay attention to what people look like. But even then I, I would not have given a shit about these things uh, as a kid even if i do now which i really don't um but i more notice how people dress as social cues uh more than anything else because you know again that tribal armor has a lot of information and people might not read the impressions but i do because i'm watching hey guys welcome back to my youtube channel my name is sarah and today we are going to the love shack fancy opening in nashville it's currently 9 30 right now and the ribbon cutting is at 10. is there any aspect of love shack fancy that is a sign of <laughs> the end of human civilization the apocalypse as it were well, you know, um, one thing we've definitely seen over the course of this show, um, especially the few fashion topics, the, the Brandy Melvilles, the Cottage Cores, the, the Supremes, that actually might be it so, so far as I know. I um, think that's it. I think that yeah, this is probably something adjacent. We it's not. About. Yeah, it's not nothing. We've definitely dipped into this sort yeah. of, you know, retail, retail fashion and whatnot before. Um, is that, you know, clothing, um, I mean, that's not just the podcast, that's real life. People have also paid attention to these things. You might be playing the game at home, too, by buying some of this stuff. The part of Maslow's hierarchy where you want to cover your body against the elements, um, you know, we're, we're kind of way beyond that in so much as it, it, it doesn't seem that far away if you look about what's happening in, in, uh, Eastern Europe right now and, and the Caucasus or whatever, but, um, you know, clothing has been weaponized into you know, weird things like tribal armor and virtue signaling. And, and, you know, this is the mixture of that stuff plus the conspicuous consumption. You know, mm -hmm. uh, dresses which look this simple yet cost this much are clearly intended to project that you are not poor. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's only that. However, that to me is, is so forefront on my mind when I think about the way Americans behave in, in amongst themselves in the retail space, w what we do with our money. Um, you know, it, it, in some ways, it's still that the most inexcusable thing you can fathom in America is that you're poor, right? It's this, this black hole. What, look, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. I'm saying if you are poor. But the shame and the, um, you know, the, 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 the fault, the culpability that comes with it, you know, that's why people will cram and, and go into debt and not keep a savings yeah. so, so they can buy something like yeah. a Louis Vuitton purse. You know, that's yeah. and Louis Vuitton. This we, you know, this is off topic, but Louis Vuitton made its fortune in the last 25 years by selling pe purses to people who don't have the money to buy them. Because they knew that one thing with the little LV studs on the leather pattern was what stands out, and it's like that is predatory. That's what Tommy Hilfiger was doing in the early '90s yeah. when when African Americans yeah. snapped up Tommy Hilfiger. And it's like that was supposed to be. Let's we have this new uh, market of people who can't afford to buy our stuff, and yet it made us rich beyond belief. We have to exploit that all all the way. Yeah, that's not just fashion, though. I mean, that's correct. Correct. All a consumer call. I mean, think about the people who have no savings. They spend all their savings on, you know, vacation to Disney World because they think it's their right or even their patriotic duty as an American to spend money on stuff. And it's, 
I mean, it's easy for us to criticize those people because we're very privileged, but I mean, I think you're, we're more feeling those people have been victimized by a culture that, that sees that, that frames being poor as a personal yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Couple of um, yeah. yeah. Which is really sad and unfortunate. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is maybe the end of the world. I, I'm of two minds about it. It's if it distracts people from the hard work, I mean, personally, I think part of the problem right now is that people are have their eyes closed to how it's terrible, how dire things are. Like, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done that people just aren't doing because life is a life is hard or b they're they're blind to, you know, how much that work is needed. I think that's very unfortunate. Uh, so, you know, I worry about that, but it's not like I'm working 24. Like I said, I'm listening to shitty podcasts. So like. It's not like I'm working 24-7 to solve the world's problems. So who am I to I, – I run a fucking quiz show for a living. I'm not out there, you know, healing the sick. So, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, and also that party, dear Lord. I mean, if there's anything that signals <laughs> the end of civil – you know, it's like Ro- the fall of Rome. And even if they recycled all the paper goods at that party, I mean, you got to look this shit up, people. It was just, you know, fire breathers and dancers. I mean – I'm really, where do these people's money come from? Today is Love Shack Fancy Day. Today is the day of Love Shack Fancy's sample sale. And Noah, we're going to bring it home by discussing jealousy, the green monster. Yeah. What do you think? Buddy? Yes. Yeah, well, I'm very jealous because, and this is why. I, I look at that party. I look at the rapid success of Love Shack Fancy, and it looks to me, again, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I've read five articles. I don't fucking know. But just this is why media is so toxic. From the outside, it looks to me like it came very easy to her. Probably on balance, she did the hard work. But like, uh, you know, anyone that attracts this kind of fandom and people chasing you around, I just get jealous of how, you know, I tried to attract fandom to what I do. And I've done okay, but not near, you know, 0.1% of what this woman seems seems to be pulling in. So the impression I get, which is probably wrong, is that she's just had laurels thrown at her feet with almost no effort. And that party, I mean, that must have been a huge bear to organize that party. Maybe she was out there doing the work and dealing with the last-minute technical snafus and things like that, but it certainly doesn't look that way from the outside, so it's very easy for me to go to that place where I'm like, ah, it comes so easy to these rich people. She probably paid 10 people a zillion dollars to just let them worry about everything. I mean, Bill, you and I were talking about this before you got on mic. My business is in the middle of a big project, you're doing some work for it. And we keep running into these roadblocks. And I want to go like, I don't want to deal with this shit. This is what I pay people for. But whatever. I'm a very small operation. The buck stops with me. I got to deal with this shit. And I look at her and I'm like, she doesn't have to. You don't run. You don't I'm run probably kind of wrong. I'm probably wrong. But I'm still jealous. So yes, I'm jealous because she's more successful than me. And it seems to come easy. And for stupid fucking strawberry shortcake looking purple pie man clothes, screw this shit fuck her this is so unfair everything sucks i'm the biggest victim in the world so purple pie man yeah uh i don't think i'm jealous about this but i mean i i am um, i actually this is my 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 line here my digression in the nose is that i may be in fact the male counterpart of these buyers from my love of my love of the printed pattern italian sports shirt and bespoke jacket so if I felt like I was um, on the outside looking in a little bit, I think I not not necessarily Cohen uh, Hessel Cohen's hustle or the want to start a business, but it's like is the brand itself the thing that the people get out of the brand? You know, the the fandom, the cultishness, 
uh, would that would that keep me out? Again, I know that's like the, in particular the clothing itself is an NA for you because there aren't even menswear things that you think of in the same slavish way. But I mean, I I do I pay attention. There there are some things. Uh, uh, some shirt makers, uh, uh, you know, people make leather goods, shoes and things like that. I, I appreciate the quality of these things. Um, yeah, I may be on the inside on this one just because I have whatever the, um, you know, whatever on the other side of the tracks, whatever the, the, the quote unquote male version of this stuff is. I may be inside the club. So it doesn't it, it doesn't inspire me with as much um, ire and rage as it might other people. But with that. Let's let's pivot directly into uh, the flooding. I'm surprised, Bill. I gotta say, I'm surprised because yeah? I thought you were gonna crap all over this topic. I thought you were just gonna cut loose on Love Shack, Fancy, and Rebecca Hessel Cohen. But you, you're a fan, man. Look I took. You. I am. I, I like to wear it. It makes me feel good. It's it's flowy. Yeah. It's airy. They don't cut again. They have a problem flowy. with my size. You know. Flowy. I don't like that word flowy. It's like one of these words is unnecessary. Like what about flowing? Like flowy. What does that mean? <laughs> It's know. like it flows hey, without want, actually flowing. Do you want to hear something? This is, this is really obnoxious, but in Dutch, the adjective and adjectival and adverbial form of words are the same. So when you're looking at them, there's no way to know whether the verb you're, you're, you're looking at. Is this modifying a verb or a noun? Because you can't tell. Right. It's, it's the same. You can't tell from context? I no, feel like most not me. Of the time I don't know Dutch well enough to tell from context. Dutch, oh, every well, single, every whose problem is that? You know? Dutch is a, uh, whose problem is that? It's my fucking problem. That's whose problem it is. Well, good. I'm it's fortunate that hardly anyone needs to speak Dutch in the world anymore. That's true. Well, what if you I guys was... blew it. You guys fucking blew it. You could have had Dutch be the world's language, could have been the American language, and the freaking Dutch blew it. <laughs> what if I go to Bloom, what if I go to Bloemfontein? I want to be understood if I'm there. You know what I mean? Okay, that's again. Why should I care? I don't know. Uh, let's go Dutch. down. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Of the you, you, you can't even you can't even decide your country's name is the Netherlands, but your language is Dutch. Like, just, you're so confusing. What? I, I don't trust any country where the language and the, and the country have such different names. That's why I'm an American who speaks the language, English. The language is called Nederlands. Uh, Dutch is the English verb, the English word for that. So don't worry. There is Are a you word. serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not called... So in Dutch, it's called Nederlands? Nederlands. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I yeah. learn things on this podcast. Yes, you do. Useless things, but I learn things. <laughs> All right. My, my third attempt to pivot to the Fulmian yes. scale. Where do no, you, I'm not letting you. Where does this you. fall on the XYZ axis? Oh, well, let's look at the fashion stuff. Supreme and Brandy Melville. So I actually think I like this better than those things. I hated Supreme. I think Supreme's terrible on multiple levels. I don't remember. Bra I remember going to the Brandy Melville store, and that's it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna re-listen to that episode. I'm gonna pretend I remember. So I'm gonna say this is Supreme plus Brandy Melville times one point one. How about that? Okay, that's uh, yeah. I can see the, that worked uh, the, for you. The modifier, All yes. Right. So naturally, Noah, my usual, my usual technique is to go between. You know, I don't need to match this up to fashion. I just want to like hit the level. So the obvious thing that I think both of us thought of, uh, if you go about this my way, I put this between Hamilton and Impossible Burgers. Uh, so, you know, okay. so this is the, you know, the idea of the line is an er feminine idea, which seems, you know, a downright retrograde in our modern days. And it's sold for an inflated sum. Uh, so you can see where it would fit between those two topics. Noah. I really don't, but okay, if that's what you're saying. Um, that's your right, my friend. I never understand it. All right, everybody. I would like All right. you. Yes. I, you, you, we, you, I, we would take it as a personal favor to us if you went back and looked through our past episodes in case there's something you've missed. So here's the thing. What you can do is go on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
You can tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. You can write to us even at a, at a Gmail address. Noah and Bill don't get it. And you can go on the aggregators and give us a review. Uh, the algorithm points the way towards other people finding the podcast if there's activity. So you will help us uh, even more than if you send us money, which I, I certainly hope you guys are still doing. Um, my Twitter handle is at William Scurry. I'm always on Twitter, uh, you know, sending out like, you know, pithy rejoinders coming up with... Uh, just for instance, I change my Twitter name once a week. It's always very clever. I like to you see really it. do. It's funny. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, whatever happened to Chester Baloney? Chester Baloney uh, is a was a dormant Twitter account, and uh, Chester Baloney has been on ice uh, for I would say Bill, three or four years now. Yeah. Bill Bill used to tweet as a sarcastic. Uh, what was he? A chimpanzee. Chimpa- kind of chimpanzee. Yeah. It's chimpanzee, but you like you you did this whole presentation about how you and your brother bonded over Chester Baloney. That was kind of touching. It was one of the few moments that Bill Scurry metaphorically right. touched me. We were still, uh, we were on the, actually, we were on the same bill that night. You were doing, a, I think you did a monkey quiz, and I did, uh, that was my first. That's right. It was It was Kevin Geeks Out about monkeys. Yeah, That's right. that was the first, the first Kevin Geeks Out yeah. I did was uh, about monkeys. Yeah. That's true. Or apes, whatever. I yeah. forget what it was, but yeah. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Anyway, so so where, where can people find you, Noah? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. The finest in corporate and private trivia events nationwide, virtually, and in person. Hire us today. Learn more uh, at bigquizthing.com. And, uh, yeah, it's really all I got going on right now in this podcast. Um, not scheduled to be on any other podcast soon. Coming to New York soon. If you know me personally and you're in New York, uh, let's there's, get a drink. There's a good chance that those people are within the sound of your voice. I know. That's like 90% of our listenership. I'll be spending three weeks in my home city of New York, getting out of the Bay Area temporarily. Uh, yeah, uh, bigquizthing.com. That's that's my life, my friend. That's it. That that and the health issues. That's all. That's so all I care about anymore. Until the next flowy, flouncy, artisanal, peasant-themed uh, episode of this here show, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises, 2022.